Thanks for joining us on Sandful Radio. Zach Milbank here, and with me today is a 100 gamer ahead of round seven in the Host Plus Sandful League. It is Glenelg Ruckman, Jack Hannath. Jack, thanks for your time and congratulations. No worries, Zach. Thanks a lot for that, mate. Um, yeah, great milestone to uh, achieve, so uh, very proud. So thanks, mate. As you should be. Uh, what will it mean to you? Because it's been a long journey and a well-travelled journey all across the country in different states to eventually uh, get 100 uh, here in South Australia. Yeah, mate. It's, um, yeah, no, it's really significant for me. I think... Like you said, I feel like I've touched just about every part of the map with my footy, um, which I've been very fortunate to do so, and I've played at some really good clubs. But, um, yeah, the sample was obviously where I started, and it's uh, been a massive part of my uh, life and my footy career to date. So uh, 100 games was something I definitely, um, when I knew I was getting around the mark, was something I was very keen to achieve, and I'd be really, um, really pleased to achieve it this weekend. And we'll get to your journey in a minute, but um, I guess it um, more than anything just gives you that sense of belonging that um, of all the places that you have played your footy, you've got somewhere where you've sort of played the majority and you've got that sense of belonging now. Yeah, very much so, mate. I think, um, as I'm sure everyone does when they um, want to play the highest level, you know, you always sort of think, I guess, AFL and you want to play as many games um, as you can. And I obviously made... Yeah, I was fortunate enough to play a few, but, you know, probably never as many as you, you always want. So it was great to be able to, um, you know, bring up a milestone like this in such a well-regarded comp as a sample. I've obviously played in the Waffle as well, in the Neeful, um, which have been, yes, obviously different competitions and good competitions as well. But I definitely think the Sanford, um seems to be the pinnacle outside of the AFL. And I know that it's um, got a really good reputation for a reason, so it's something that's really significant to be able to achieve um, the milestone in such a good competition. Let's have a look at uh, where your footy career all began. Um, back at uh, your junior club in the Barossa, the Anguston Panthers, uh, in the under-15s. And, uh, yeah, tell us about your memories there. Yeah, obviously, winding back the clock a bit, mate, with the, the Panthers. But, yeah, it was a great club. Um, the BLNG was another really good competition, I think, to grow up and start my footy in. I've got, obviously... Fond memories across the middle of July isn't always the greatest place when you're playing minis and modis at eight in the morning. Uh, <laughs> frosty grass, which is um, yeah. yeah something I do remember. But yeah, the juniors was always good fun. Obviously, Angerson was a um, yeah a really good club and still is a good club. And I know that they've had a few. You know, Shannon Hearn has played mm. there. Obviously, um, Ken Kingsley was one I remember when I was younger, oh, um, yeah. who had originally started out at um, Angerson as well. So there's been some really good. Um, names and guys who have played, you know, sample AFL football as well, and particularly gone on to play at Central Districts and the like. So, um, yeah, I've got really fond memories of my time, albeit not that long, but yeah, mm. some really good junior footy memories at Angerston. And to start with, uh, footy wasn't always your sort of number one sole focus. Uh, understand you're quite a talented junior cricketer playing with the Northern Jets in the district competition? Yeah, yeah, so obviously, um, I'm sure like many. Country kids, mate, always just love playing as much sport as possible. And, um, you know, it always used to be footy in the winter and then cricket in the summer. So um, similar with the footy career, I obviously played junior uh, junior cricket at Angerston. And then, yeah, I was fortunate enough to go and play junior district cricket with um, the Northern Jets for under-14s and under-16s. So 
that went on for a few years and it was something I really enjoyed. But I think, um, you know, I always probably knew deep down that footy was the sort of number one passion, the number one drive for me in terms of my sporting career. So, yeah, when it became a, a sort of crossroad where um, football pre-season started to take over and all of that, I sort of made the decision then, which, um, mm. you know, in hindsight wasn't the, wasn't the hardest decision to make, but I did really enjoy playing cricket growing up. I think like anyone, especially like I said, growing up in the country, you sort of just love playing all sports and being involved and playing with your mates. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really fortunate to have those those cricket memories as well as the footy ones. And then you ended up out at Central District in the under-17s in 2006. Uh, what are your memories from first starting out there at the Ponderosa? Yeah, it was um, an yeah, interesting time. I think I was about 15 when I first went out to the 17s and I uh, really enjoyed it. It was obviously a good, um, a good mix of guys who I knew from the Barossa but also went down and played and then obviously got to meet, um, I guess, the Metro-based guys as well um, at Centrals. But it was sort of an interesting time. I always remember in the underage, we sort of always seemed to struggle a bit, even though the league side was so dominant mm. um, during that period when I was underage. I do have, um, I remember a lot of games, like we always seemed to be on the, I don't know, I guess the other end of it in the underage comps where we'd always probably struggle and mm. um, take a few few heavy losses some weeks to some mm-hmm. better teams I guess with guys that had college players and maybe some bigger talent pools as well but um, no it's still really enjoyable um, really enjoyable place to be around and a lot of the uh, people um, who were involved at the club the good people there obviously stayed around a lot as well and I sort of yeah. um, have interactions with still to this day who'd really been along that journey as well. Uh, then you made your debut for the Bulldogs at league level in 2011 uh, against South Adelaide down there at Norlunga and you were telling me a bit earlier off air it was one of the rare night games down there at Flinders University Stadium. Yeah, I don't have I don't have heaps of memories from it, but yeah, like I said to you, um, Zach, it was yeah just a funny one thinking about that it was a it was a night game down there at Norlunga, which I reckon was probably the the one and only night game I've played at Norlunga ever in my career. So, um, yeah, sort of, I don't know, as you sort of do, you, everything's a bit of a whirlwind it goes through. I just, I remember we had a win and I kicked the goal late in the game. I reckon as the siren went and everyone sort of got around you and it's, you know, it's a, it's interesting to think back now, the initiation you have um, to the game and how, mm. and how it goes as well. But it's something, like I said, it's something, a, a memory that I still have that's pretty vivid for me. And it's really, I think really special. Like I played, um, quite a bit, I think about two seasons of reserves footy yep. before that point, two and a half um, sort of seasons of reserve footy. So it was something that I was really uh, proud to achieve and earn the, mm. um, the league game that I played, which was great. Yeah, you don't sort of see that as often these days, this guy's sticking around in the reserves to eventually earn their sh- shot. So it's a good learning lesson for the youngsters out there now that um, you can sort of stick, stick, and then you... Uh, might get your chance at league level, which is invaluable. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you ended up on the list at the Fremantle Football Club. You touched on it earlier that you managed to play a handful of uh, AFL games for the Dockers, but from memory, it wasn't your conventional uh, sort of uh, landing there because initially the Melbourne Footy Club were quite keen, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, it's always a, a good story, to be honest. I sort of I look back now at the time, um, it was quite a quite a bizarre sort of happening. But 
Um, it was when there was a bit more time. There was a two-week period between the national draft and the rookie draft, and mm-hmm. this was um, I was obviously twenty at the time and had a had a good year at Centrals. Um, had played the full year and had gone to um, draft camp and all of that. And I was uh, I'd spoken to I think ten or so clubs during that year, and I um, really thought I was going to go in the national draft. And I remember watching it at home. Ended up missing out. And, um, yeah, so there was, there was a two-week period before the rookie draft, and I remember the, um, I think it was the night, it was actually later in the night of the national draft, I got a call from Melbourne, and they mm-hmm. um, they said that they were keen to get me over to train in the two-week period leading up to the rookie draft. So, mm-hmm. um, obviously, as deflating as it was not to get picked up, it was also a quick rebound with getting that phone call. So I remember mm-hmm. going over, um and I went and I was staying with uh, Jack Viney and his family and I was training for a week and basically what had happened, Melbourne had, because of where they'd finished um, at the bottom of the ladder, they had the first pick in the, uh, they had the first pick in the rookie draft. So basically that they um, signed and said that they were going to take me with that pick. And so they had a training camp in the second week in Darwin. So they took me up to Darwin mm-hmm. with um, obviously the intentions that they were going to pick me up because the rookie draft was going to be on while I was in Darwin. So yeah. I went up and it was, I still remember, it was probably about 9, 9.30. Um, we were doing the warm-up out in um, the heat and humidity at Darwin at TIO Stadium. Yeah. And um, I got, uh, one of the guys came down and they just said, I just remember him saying, they brought everyone in and just said, oh, you know, Jack, congratulations, like great news for you, you've been picked up, but um, yeah, unfortunately, it's not it's not by us. You've been picked up by Fremantle, who <laughs> were one of the teams. I think there was about six or seven teams who had a pick in the preseason draft that mm-hmm. obviously um, preceded the rookie draft. So oh, yeah. um, Fremantle, who I had spoken to, I think maybe only once or twice earlier in the year, but yep. hadn't heard anything from since. Sort of swooped in. So yeah. it, it was bizarre. I, I left the track. Um, I remember it got changed. They took me back. We're staying at the army barracks in Darwin, <laughs> of all places, because of the camp. Went, had a shower, got changed. They went and dropped me to the airport. I had to fly back to Melbourne, go back to the Viney's place, pick up my stuff that I'd left there, um, say a quick thank you to them um, for obviously having me. Mm. I then went, stayed in the hotel that night. They flew me back to Adelaide the next day. I went, had to go. I remember, I, um, yeah, had to go, repack, caught up with some mates. And some family, and then I think uh, it was two days later. I was then over in Perth. I uh, started training with Fremantle, so wow. it was probably one of the more um, bizarre sequence of events. But something I sort of look back fondly on now. It's a bit of an unusual way yeah. to get there, but it's, it's sort of a good story now. When um, people always seem to be a bit interested by it, obviously a little bit different than just finding out on the couch at home that you've been drafted and then setting off the next couple of days. So, yeah, yeah, indeed. Good experience. And as we know now, the rookie draft works very differently and, and the pre-season for that matter pretty much uh, immediately straight after. So there's not that uh, period of time anymore in between. So, um, yeah, very different way of things working. Um, tell us about your time at the Dockers and obviously playing under Ross Lyon and um, how did you find it, and what sort of things did you take from the whole experience, Jack? Yeah, was, um, I got there 2013, so I got there at the end of 2012, so 2013 was sort of my first season, and um, Fremantle obviously made the grand final that year. Um, that was the most, I think I played about 10, 10 or 12 games that year as well, and it was um, grand final, it was an emergency for the grand final, but had that experience of 
um, the whole build-up to that week and all of that. So it was probably a really um, bit of a head-spinning first year. Like a lot, a lot sort of happened. Like I said, you sort of go from playing Sample to being full-time um, footy, playing AFL, and then the grand final. And yeah, then the next, uh, I reckon it was the next two years. Um, in 14 and 15, Fremantle was still a really strong team. And um, yeah, I had... Uh, I had a great time there. I probably had um, Aaron Sandlins was obviously there rucking, which was sort of the main spot mm. I was trying to get as well. And there was Zach Clark and John Griffin. So there was other really good Jeez. players on the list. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it's all sort of, I don't know, it's all part and parcel. Your sort of circumstance can sometimes help you or um, against you. I think it helped my footy in some ways to learn from those guys. But obviously, yeah. especially someone like Aaron, he was always going to be a hard person to sort of push out of his spot. So, mm. um yeah, I think you you always take stuff like I really um, oh, I really learn a lot like just the whole professionalism side of things, the attention to detail in terms of meeting and opposition review and analysts and um, just the whole I think as well being a Perth based team, just the travel and yeah. uh, the time difference and things like that. It's probably something that's not always considered when you play, you know, in a state based competition and you you know the longest thing might be a drive to. No longer or something like yeah. that. Like yeah, when you're crossing um, yeah time zones and with no daylight saving, that was another big um, another big learning curve in the way of preparation and things like that. But no, I really really enjoyed it. I think one of the the things I always say to people, one of the best things I've got out of it is some of the people that I met. Like I've still mm-hmm. got some great mates from my time at Freo who I still stay in contact to um, to this day. Some guys that are. Still at Frio, some guys that have played interstate, guys that don't play footy anymore and some that live overseas. So yeah. um, I feel really fortunate for the four years um, yeah, I had there and something. The 20 games is, like I said, it's you know you probably always wish you could play more, but it's you know it's my career and it's unique to me, so I'm really proud of it all the same. Yeah, and then you ended up back at Central District in 2017 and there with the Doggies for a couple more. And then you found yourself... Up at the NT Thunder in 2019, uh, playing up there. Um, how did that all eventuate? Yeah, so um, I studied for a couple of years before I got picked up. I was studying um, uh, health science uh, through UniSA, and I continued that study um, when I got back to. Um, oh, I had a couple of subjects left when I got back to Adelaide, so yeah, I went back to Centrals. Um, and I, I picked up a little bit more study and basically at the end of twi- uh, 2018, I'd finished a master's in um, high performance sports. So I was sort of looking for, to be honest, a bit of a career opportunity. Like I still, um, mm-hmm. like I say, really enjoyed footy and want to keep playing at the highest level. But, you know, as you do, my priorities were sort of changing a bit. I was looking for a work opportunity and Darren Reeves, who now um, coaches at North Adelaide, mm-hmm. but at the time, was the Central District's reserve coach and someone who I knew really well and get along with really well. And he uh, he won the head coaching position at the NT Thunder and he mm. was um, keen to get me to go up there and it, it worked into a, um, a role came up at the Northern Territory Institute of Sports. So mm. it sort of uh, just worked well with the end of my uni degree finishing and, um, yeah, a job opportunity coming up. And it was something I hadn't really initially thought of, but, um, yeah, I just thought, a good experience like I said I'd sort of moved to Perth and always enjoyed that you know putting yourself out of your comfort zone a bit so um, yeah that's how the move eventuated to, to Darwin and playing footy up there which was a really um, yeah like I said a really unique experience as well and a different competition and um, some really good fun as well and um, yeah some, some good times in 2019. 
Then you found your way back to the Sandford with Glenelg in 2020. I understand Mark Stone, the then coach of the Bays, played a fair role in that, given that you worked alongside of him with the Dockers. Yeah, yeah, so I knew Mark, um, I knew Mark from Fremantle. Um, I obviously met him, he was a midfield uh, assistant coach at, um, yeah, at the Dockers for the whole four years I was there. So mm. I'd got to know him, and he obviously, um, yeah, got the position at Glenelg. And then I remember um, the NC Thunder, they ended up, uh, the team, they were getting um, they were getting rid of it in the NEFL competition. Mm. So I was, still, I was still sort of keen to play at the highest level possible and was trying to tie in. Um, you know, some footy and, like I said, continue my sort of work um, commitments as well. And, yeah, Mark got in touch with me and was keen to get me back. And, um, yeah, just from my time at Frio, like I always thought he was, um, Stone was always one of probably the the better coaches that sort of ever had. He really saw the game well and was quite um, really analytical and really attention to detail focused. So, Mm. um, yeah, it happened to work well where I was able to get a, um, work back in Adelaide as well and um, connect with him and yeah it was really a big thanks to obviously um, Stoney and Paul Sandico able to um, get me to Glenelg and yeah to be honest I really loved it since I've been there which has been good. Yeah a couple of quite successful seasons certainly in the minor round and playing in the finals as well for you which has been good and um, a pretty promising start to the year so far for the team uh, sitting four and two and You've uh, made your way back into the league team after a bit of a slower start due to a, a pre-season. Yeah, yeah, I think um, uh, I, I can't complain too much. I think I've always been pretty fortunate with um, injuries and the like, but I, I just had yeah a couple of things, a, a broken finger. I got COVID at the start of the year, and yeah. um, I just think a few other things with getting getting older and your body always takes <laughs> a little bit more wear and tear as it, it goes on. But like I said, I've generally been pretty fortunate. Um, yeah, with with injuries and being able to play pretty consistently um, most years. So, yeah, it was mm. really good to get back in uh, last week against North Adelaide. And, um, yeah, obviously the team's been in some close games. Mm. Uh, there's been a, a couple of tight losses, like the ones in North and obviously um, Port the week before. But I think, um, you know, like, like every team, you sort of, I guess still trying to work out some of the creases and mm-hmm. you're trying to you're trying to find your way a bit as the season gets going. So I still think, you know, it looks to be pretty tight, the top five this year. And, you know, that always it's always good. You always want to be tested and um, you always want to keep improving and keep striving to get better as a team. Yeah, and you're facing one of those sides, which is right up there amongst you in South Adelaide, uh, playing them at ACH uh, Group Stadium there at Glenelg in Round 7. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. South has shown some signs. We obviously, um, you know, played them in the prelim last year and they were obviously a really, really strong team last year and sort of have been for the last few years. So, um, yeah, I think that, um, as you know, I think the competition really, really is quite even. I don't think there's too many weeks you ever ever really have an opportunity to breathe out. It's always, um, teams are always pressing their case and there's always, um, like every year, players go, but then teams will recruit you guys in you know, other guys will come up from the junior ranks and that and become promising players. So I think the competition is, um, like I reiterated before, you know, it's, it's always at a really high standard in the sample. So, yeah, mm. yeah you always got to be you always got to be on and trying to bring your best every week. Otherwise, you get found out pretty easily. And that's probably some words of advice that you pass on in your role working at the Sandful uh, in player welfare management. Um, just enlighten the listeners as to what you're... Um, your role entails day to day. 
Yeah, so when I came back at the end of 2019, I was fortunate enough to win the position at the Sample. So um, I run that uh, wellbeing and education programs with the men's and women's state team. So um, got a really good team at the Sample, um, the talent team that I've worked uh, closely with, and we basically helped to facilitate all the under-16, under-18 male state programs. And then obviously um, have involvement as well with the female under-18 state program as well. And basically... Um, with these programs, there's educa- education requirements and things that the, um, the the athletes need to tick off. And then there's just the also general, um, I guess, role that being basically a conduit between some of the players and the coaching staff that while I help out in a footy capacity, but really assisting with some of the off-field stuff as well, people's school, personal life, uh, their working commitments and that as well. Because I think like we hear um, a lot nowadays that, footy careers can sometimes through, you know, people's choices or not through your choice, through injury, you know, something else happening, personal situations can end really quickly. So mm-hmm. just the importance that the guys and girls have things going on outside um, outside of their footy careers and really making sure as well that, you know, there's a focus towards improving themselves off-field, having something, you know, that's engaging and keeping them going as well because we've generally found in the state programs, those athletes that do, those people that do have, you know, some really good groundings off the field and some things going on are generally those ones that perform better on it. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a role I really enjoy. I work with a really good team um, at the Sample that I'm, um, yeah, very fortunate to, to work with. So it's been a really, uh, besides obviously a bit of the COVID hiccup, it's been a really good couple of years. Terrific, Jack. Uh, excellent to hear, kicking goals off the field as well as on it. Thank you very much for your time on Sample Radio and congratulations on reaching your 100th game in the Host Plus Sample League this round in Round 7 against South Adelaide at ACH Group Stadium on Saturday. No worries. Thanks a lot for having me, Zach. Really appreciate it, mate.